What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's poppin' everybody? Hello and welcome to Popcorn Culture. My name is Ben Carlin and I am your host. Here with me today is my brother Jay, who will be in every episode. I am in every episode. Even more than you, I think. I think that is correct. I think by one. By one. There is that. Yeah, I have more I have more host slots. You have more host slots. But you have more appearances. More appearances. So the real main character, if you will. If you you will. Yes, indeed. It's very impressive. Top billing uh, on the the IMDb for Popcorn Culture. (laughs) I didn't didn't get paid that day, so. Oh, man. Man, um, so anyway, yeah, we're we're back. Well, I'm back. I, back. I just got back from a, a week long trip to um, my daughter's namesake, uh, Addison, Vermont, nice. uh, where we've got the the small family cabin that we've talked about quite a bit in the past. Um, and I have to tell you, Jay, while it is it is like what like just my favorite place on earth. Yeah. Um, it was it was it was a tough week. Yeah. It was a tough tough. <laughs> it was a tough week. week. It was a tough week you know what this is this is uh, you know what it's I, i'm gonna see if i can reframe this okay do, or it, do, it, do, it, do, it, do it this is this is a great like reminder that like just because you're having like a bad day doesn't mean like you're in a bad like overall place in life you know it's like your your favorite place in the world still has bad days that's you true know? that's a there's really good no, way to put it yep. there's no like perfect all the time right right right, yeah. right yeah no you're you yeah i think you absolutely hit the nail on the head there because um like realistically i think it was even one of these things where uh we were inside of it and so let me let me try to like lay the the groundwork for it so we had nine people total not including addy um that were staying inside of a small uh i bet the entire cabins maybe 900 square feet Mm-hmm. Um, so we had two people sleeping in a tent outside in one tent. And then we had another that sounds person, like a soggy tent. It was another person <laughs> sleeping in, uh, my, my personal backpacking tent, uh, on the other side of the lawn. And then we have three couches in the living room of which were all occupied by people who were sleeping at night. And then the two bedrooms were like Allie and I were sleeping on twin bed on twin beds in the same room. And it's like a 10 by 10 room, uh, with Addison's 
pack and play. Nice. So we're, you know, we're pretty You're crammed packed in, in yeah. like sardines. Um, on top of that, the uh, septic system up there is is not necessarily famous for its reliability, it sure even isn't. on the best yeah. years. And you may have heard by now that Vermont has been absolutely pummeled with rain lately. And you could see the effects of this in just about like every aspect of where you went in Vermont. It's it's definitely like a really like it's a big thing up there right now. It's a big problem. It's like record rain. Uh, and what that meant for us at the cabin was that like the lawn, which saturates on like just a standard rainy day, was basically like three inch thick mud pretty much in every direction. And most especially the direction of the shared porta potty that all of us had to use for the whole week. Oh man, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, you were saying I knew you had to use the porta potty because when it's that like the 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 sep- the the leach field is saturated, yes, right? So yep, you can't yep. you can't flush. You can't flush. Yeah, yeah, yeah can't exactly. flush. So that's no good. So, but then it, yeah, I, the, the times I've been up where up there when you have to use the porta potty, it's like on the other side of the lawn, and yeah, I guess man, if you had to like sludge through the the mud just to get to it. That's yes. not adding to the, um, you know, the pleasantries of using a port john to begin with. Yes, no, not at all. And, and uh, on top of that, Addison woke up in the middle of the night and of course I'm sleeping like, you know, she's at the foot of my bed in right. her pack and play. Uh, so she woke up every single night and every single time she woke up, I was like, well, now I should probably go to the bathroom now that I'm up, oh. which meant that I had to like, you know, lace, lace myself up, you know, go and brave the rain of which it was always on. Oh my gosh. But you couldn't um, just do like, couldn't do like a bush. We, well, you could, yeah, you, even did sometimes. Yeah. Mm, yeah, 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 sure. yeah. <laughs> for, for full clarity, full transparency. Cause what people really wanted was like the graphic details of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so occasionally it was just sort of like, you know what, you got to make the best of this situation. The best of the situation is the nearest bush. Um, but it was still, you know, like three o'clock in the morning in the middle of the night and it's yeah. raining and, and all the rest and everything. Uh, but then the other thing that happened was that in addition to all of the rain, uh, came the mosquitoes and, oh you know, gosh. because obviously the ground is so saturated, there's just lots of standing water which is like they a total breed like crazy breed like crazy and so there were there were a lot a lot a lot of mosquitoes and so each night miraculously despite all the rain i was able to spark together a fire which wow. i was pretty fa- i was That's pretty proud pretty of impressive yeah. and and like you always see it like on you know like all the survival shows and stuff like that but a lot of times in addition to just the basic warmth the smoke generated by the fire can usually also like offset some of like the mosquito the bugs, yeah. yeah the bugginess and uh so that was usually a pretty big win by the end of each day we were able to like successfully like get the fire going huddle around it you know and have fun um and i feel like all of that being said out loud it's like it sounds actually i'm, I'm not even done i'm not even done oh, i was go gonna, i was gonna i was gonna wrap up with like a warm conclusion uh but in addition to the rest of that a bunch of stuff broke um, oh man you know so it's like i we were we we're out sitting we have like these picnic benches and um because again, there's so many of us, we typically eat outside because there's just more room for everybody to sit like at the big yeah. picnic table. So one night we, you know, we're all sitting on the picnic table and one of the boards that we're all sitting on just breaks from underneath us. What? So like, like one half of us, just like, oh, like one half <gasps> of the table, just like all goes to the ground. Oh my gosh. So I was like, oh man. Okay. Okay. So that happened. Um, and then the other big problem I was having is that my boat, which I brought all the way up with me, 12 hours. Yep. You trailing, brought the boat. Okay. I did. Yep. I brought yeah, it. Did it start? It did start. It did run all things good wow however the problem with my boat is that it is old enough that if it rains water 
it fills the inside of the boat. And most boats uh, have what's called a bilge pump. And what the bilge pump can usually do is that if the boat takes on any water, whether it's like just over the side of the boat itself or through rain or, you know, people getting in and out of the boat and like dripping water. Yeah. You can normally like flip a switch and the bilge pump is a little pump that sits in the bottom of the reservoir and will pump all the water back out into the lake. However, my boat doesn't have that. And there was no way for me to drain the water inside of the boat shy of pulling the boat completely out of the water right so so that it can like the gravity can just take it out so gravity can take it out like you there's a plug on the back of the boat like on the bottom that you can you can take out and when you take out the plug all the water can just like flush right out right uh but obviously you can't do that while you're in the water because then water would come into the hole yeah Yeah. um which would be a big issue and we didn't have like a lift or anything that you could like lift the boat with so the boat is like bogged down with like i don't know 50 gallons of water and so i pull the boat up you know to my trailer and I'm like I'm in the process of and I don't even I don't even need to like take the boat away I can just pull it onto the trailer pull it out of the water enough to where I can pull the plug and drain everything out um however as I'm as I'm like pulling it up I don't know if you've ever cranked up a boat before but there's uh like a hook on the front of the boat that attaches to a hook that's on the end of a rope which is attached to like a crank yeah and the crank will basically like pull the boat up and and slide it into like its driving position Mm -hmm. so you can like you know take it down the road safely and it's like fully secure well as I'm as I'm cranking it I think because the boat is full of so much water so keep in mind water weighs eight pounds per gallon so you know 50 gallons of water is uh 400 pounds right um and so all of us so i'm sitting there i'm cranking the thing up it is so heavy that it literally rips the crank off of my trailer like shears like bolts wow to the point where my crank which is normally attached like a fixed piece of metal is just ripped clean out of the socket and i'm like what am I going to do yeah, now? Seriously. Now I can't get my boat out of the water like right. without fixing and it. And it's raining and it's taking on more water. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like this whole, it's this whole issue. So fortunately, all the, I was able to get the water drained out of the back of the boat, put it back over, pulled the trailer over to like our work shed, which we have up at camp, which apparently is just full of solutions. And so I went in there and found these huge lag bolts, which are just big metal bolts, you know, that are threaded yeah. and everything. And I was literally able to just like refasten this this crank back to the the setup wow. which i was impressed i was pretty proud of i yeah. was like man this feels like i'm gonna have to go to the marina and like buy new equipment right now yeah because otherwise there's like there's no way for me to get my boat home right you know like there's not even a way for me to currently get the boat back out of the water i know yeah like if and by like right now it's like like you need to get in the car and go this minute because every every minute you're not taking the boat out of the water to get the water out of the boat. The boat is taking on water, which might permanently sink the boat. Exactly. And then the other people who live on the point that our little cabin is on all were simultaneously coming down and like, you know, they're like, Hey, I see you've got the boat tied up out at the mooring. Like we had three foot breakers last week. Like if those come in again, Mm -hmm. that boat's going down. Wow. You know? And so I'm just like, goodness gracious you know so it's like now my only lifeline my ability to get the boat out of the water is also like you know yeah not not capable of doing it right inside of this situation um so yeah and then i got a cold halfway through the week in oh addition to the rest of everything else so um yeah it was just uh it was a, a calamity of errors and now i will wrap the warm bow around everything which is to say that like despite the fact that there was so much chaos and pandemonium and it was such a like a hectic trip that involved so many different layers of like 
you know, on the spot, quick problem solving with things that I don't have a lot of experience with. Yeah. Um, because also the bench, like, you know, that like, this is like one of those cool moments where like the bottom breaks out of the bench and like, I run, I go in, like I'm rummaging through like all of like the spare stuff yeah. in the shed. And I just find a big length of, of two by eight board and a saw. And I'm like, shoot, I could just we put could a just, new yeah, one on. Exactly. Yeah, and just nail a new one in. So within, within five minutes of that, of that, you know, thing breaking, I had it repaired. Nice. And, and, you know, within, uh, 30 minutes of my crank breaking off the boat, I had it repaired. So I was like, I was like, okay, like I, I feel like I'm continuously being able to like ward off the negative feelings, the, like, you know, like I'm, I'm nothing ever brought me down. Right. Which I thought was like, really like the moral of the story. Like, so lots of things were happening, but like, it wasn't like I wasn't still having fun hanging out with like my friends and interacting with the lake and making the best of like, you know, otherwise like bad weather situation. Um, so like, you know, one day that it was extremely rainy, Allie and I took Addison to a place called Shelburne farm, um, which was like a cool open farm concept thing where they like do everything right there on the farm. And it was amazing. And she got to meet like barnyard animals and oh yeah, she, she's big into that right now. Course, so she yeah. was just like so excited to like see the horse slash cow. Mm, right. Um, you know, kind of hard to, you know, delineate the difference between the two, but you know, they're both very large animals. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But it was, really, but she also picked up the word horse, which hey. was really cute. So she incorrectly, you know, was identifying a cow as a horse, um, which she also, also thought mood so she was able to like you know like sort of be like figuring out like moo horse moo horse it's like well it's a cow moo is correct horse not quite but you're kind of in the right ballpark <laughs> oh my gosh the past week um when i've been putting luke down for bed like normally we'll like either read a book or do some playtime, and then we'll like just talk about our day but he's wanting to replace the talking about our day with just telling knock knock jokes oh nice okay. oh my gosh yeah it's been hilarious because like hit like you know i just sort of know a bunch of knock knock jokes and stuff and it's like it's funny because like i know why my jokes are funny oh, and sure. it's like but and he'll laugh almost no matter what but then he'll make one up and it don't you know he'll just be like he'll just say things that he thinks are funny like to him right. outside of the context of a knock knock joke you know right right right, right. Yeah. yeah so that that has been very very funny to go through but um his favorite one is definitely uh interrupting cow oh which, yes yeah i mean if you don't if you're not familiar with it i'll run it through you with you i'll run through it with you right now knock knock who's there interrupting cow Interrupt. No. Wow. Yeah. wow. Hilarious. Wow. Yeah. There he we go. Now, loves that one. <laughs> now everybody, now everybody gets to have that joke forever. Yes. Everyone gets to have that joke forever. So hooray, hooray for knock, knock jokes. Uh, that's been, that, that's been his favorite one. The other one and I couldn't believe it. I found another great, uh, cow one the other day, which you also thought was great. It's a knock, knock. Who's there? Cal says, Cal says who? No, Cal says moo. Oh, <laughs> I love it. Right. <laughs> oh, no, that's, that's just plum adorable. That's just great. That's yeah, just that's that's good old-fashioned knock-knocking right there. That is. That is. Yeah. Nothing, nothing wrong with a good knock-knock joke. Nope. Yep. Can't knock them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. man. So how is uh, how is uh, Luke's doing? Because he's now a couple weeks into kindergarten. He is. Yeah, this is his. He's in the middle of his third week now. And it's been it's been like a, just a whole a bunch of big changes for his life here recently. So yeah, he started kindergarten. And then like for the first uh, like we maybe like first like five days days he wanted me to like park the car and like walk him up and every day i'd be like oh, we got, we're gonna have to try the drop off at some point and so one day he was just sort of like talking to me and I, I don't think he like totally was paying attention to like we're here and i was like i'm gonna try and sneak up and just do the drop off and like we got there and they like you know they opened the door and they like undo the car seat for you and stuff oh that's cool. and he was just like you know he you know 
suddenly was like, oh, I'm getting out. And then he got out and it was totally fine. It was like, yes, oh, we did it. We did the drop off. That's amazing. amazing. Uh, And so we've been able to do the drop off successfully uh, every day since then. So yay. Although uh, one day last week, he uh, ended up coming down with like a fever. Like on, I think he had to miss last Thursday uh, of school. Oh no, first sick day. I know, first sick. There goes our, you know, perfect attendance record. Just boom, right away. I know, <laughs> I know. Yeah, there's always those kids who had like perfect attendance for like the entire their entire like elementary school career. Yeah, which was is like one of those things. Like I, we would always get to like the award ceremonies at the end of the year where they're going through and they're like, you know. Like, I don't know, they, they have all the different accolades for different things. And you get yeah. like a ribbon or a trophy or something. And uh, I do remember there was like the perfect attendance for the whole year. You know, so I was like, oh, no luck on that. one. No luck on that one. I got it. I got it once. Uh, and I even it was in first grade. And I remember walking in and they like we, we had to, like walk past all the tables where they had like little awards for everyone. And I saw these little like six medals laying out. I was like, well, I wonder what those are for. And then they, when they when it got to it, they were calling out perfect attendance and they called my name. And I was like, what? What? Me? I don't even know what this means. I get that. Oh, amazing. I know. Yeah. There's yeah. like nothing better. It's like, yeah. oh my gosh, this is incredible. Did you have anyone in your grade who had perfect attendance like for all of school? Yes. 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 Man. I, I believe so. Yeah. I think there was like maybe, maybe two kids um, in my like high school graduating class that had that. Man, I can't even imagine to have never missed a single day of school ever. I know. That's amazing. That's, it is. I mean, it's amazing. And it's kind of a bummer when I think about it. You right, know, it's like, like you, ne- you never, never had, had a sick day. Like you never had a sick day. You never, you're like, you never went on any vacation at any point where you had to come out of school for something. But when would you ever have time to watch the parent trap if not on a sick day? I know exactly. Right. And for whatever reason, I, like this is like one of those things where I must have had like a really, really, really memorable sick day once as a kid where mm-hmm. I remember watching the parent trap. Yeah. And anyway, so now, now I associate the parent trap with six days, sick days. So next time Luke's home. Fire parent Trap. I yeah. mean, Parent Trap is probably um, one of Beth's like top five favorite movies of all time. No way. Yeah, is I mean, it she really? Absolutely loves it. Yeah. Incredible. I mean, I mean, who doesn't? It's such. I mean, it it ages well. It's great. It's fantastic. It's so good. I don't think I've watched it in twenty years. I'll have to give it a. I'll have oh, to give absolutely, it a, yeah, go rewatch yeah, it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The It'll, Lindsay Lohan version, obviously. Sure, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Come on. Of course. Mom people. Oh, man. Okay, well, that's fun. That's fun. Um, I think that, so I don't, I don't want to set you up too much here, but mom and dad were telling me a little bit of a story about how Luke possibly was bringing home some of his his new learned kindergarten uh, oh, man. rules and was teaching it, Nick and Nate. Oh, my gosh. This was, this is so, yeah, this was absolutely hilarious. Beth sent me a video of just like, she was like taking video of like the little monitor that because we, we have like a monitor in his room so we can just you know see what he's up to or whatever and he has nick and nate like in his room with him and he's basically just like playing school and he's being the teacher right, right, and right. Stuff, but he's like telling them you know like sit over here and he's like and then you know they started talking he's like no raise your hand and they were like raise your hand and be like what do you need nate nate what do you need <laughs> <laughs> it was it was fantastic so it's so funny to see him like come up with like try and like play out the different stuff he's learning and stuff that was really good and then he started trying to teach them chess i don't know how uh, successful that was um but you know i think he he knows at least how to set up the board and stuff i don't think he could have I, I doubt i doubt the twins know how to set up the board sure, sure at sure, this sure. point but um but they do say one of the best ways to learn something is to teach somebody else exactly so maybe luke's own chess skills will improve maybe by way of trying to teach somebody else how to do it i know yeah yeah so he's um 
He had, so he's had his, you know, first couple weeks of kindergarten. He had his first sick day already. Um, and then this past weekend, we uh, finally got around to upgrading his toddler bed to like a full size bed. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. In his room. And that was like this other like giant change for him because uh, the way when we bought his crib, we got this cool, um, uh, the, the furniture was really cool because it, came as a crib but then as they grew up you could like reconfigure it into the toddler bed and then reconfigure it again into the um like full size bed. bed yeah so he still has like the same like frame that has uh existed the whole time but like the pieces have changed and like made itself bigger and stuff. Right, right right yes yeah which is cool so now which is big upgrade for him because that meant he's basically had the same mattress that he's had since he was born oh wow so yeah, yeah. now he has like a nice new um you know memory foam mattress and oh I know, right? so yes. fancy I know. but uh it was is one of these things like we told him like this weekend we're gonna like upgrade your bed or we're gonna you know make it bigger for you and it was like this you could tell he was feeling like really anxious about it. Yes. Which I, you know, it's, it feels like, what do you do? Like you get a new bed. Good day. Right. But it's like, I, the more I thought about it, it was like for like, if you're a kid, your bed is probably like your number one, like safe space. Sure. You know? Yeah. I mean like, like your, your bed or extension by extension, your room. Yeah. Like I feel like when, when you're a little kid and you've got like your bedroom, it's like, it is like the only thing that you, you get to like think of and interpret as like yours. Right. Yeah. This is like the, the most space that is yours at all right and so yeah like i could see that being like really like uh sad he'd like you know put a bunch of stickers all over the bed and a lot of those went away and he was like just very upset that like his old bed was leaving he's like uh, he he kept saying like i'm not ready for the new bed <laughs> it was it was pretty adorable and then of course once we had it he was like this is the best but it's funny to see him go like back and forth throughout the day between like being excited about it and then to me like really sad his old bed was going away and then like wanting to go put the old bed back and it's like oh we're not doing that <laughs> the real curious curiosity to me is that like you know change can always be rather difficult but like the big question is almost like at what point in time do you start to realize like even if a change feels like it will be uncomfortable at first you're like you know but i've made a lot of changes in my life and at first i didn't want the new bed but once i was in the new bed i realized that i actually did like it and then it's like you kind of end up having this like like you're slowly breaking down the barriers as to how you as an individual deal with change in the world. Yeah. Because you're sort of like, you know, sometimes when change happens, it actually ends up being a better thing. But I often feel like what really happens is a change happens and you slowly acclimate to it or adjust to it mm. in a manner in which eventually you just start to not even remember that the change ever happened. It's right. just sort of like, this is my bed, you know, like yeah. this is where I feel safe. Just like I've always felt safe in my bed. And it's like, but you didn't feel safe in it in the first night. Right. You know, like at first you didn't feel good about this. Um, and I, yeah, so I think a lot of times that ends up happening, but like, so then you end up being resistant to change. I think a lot longer, even though a lot of times change can be a very good thing. Yeah. Um, so it'll be curious to see like whether or not like Luke starts to like pick up on that. Like sometimes change is not bad. I know. Yeah. It's like when do you ever, do you ever start becoming like more, agreeable to big changes happening in your life or is it just sort of like inevitably difficult all the time yeah exactly exactly yeah. i mean change change is almost always tied to what i have what i have officially deemed is the actual root of all fear which is just the unknown yeah like you know by by the order of changing anything at all it means you are entering into some version of a, a life that you don't know all the parameters of in the same way that you used to know how they were right and that new world can be daunting because you don't know how to anticipate it. Yeah. But yeah. 
Yeah. But, but you may also learn the skill that like, but I will grow to anticipate but I will grow, it. Yeah, I will grow to appreciate it. Yes. And so, yeah, and it wasn't just that like his bed was changing because like the bed became so much bigger. It takes up a lot more space in the room. And then it's like, okay, so now we probably have to like move like these shelves like into your closet and then we'll have to turn this thing over here. And, you know, so like the whole the whole room changed right. as a result of the bed changing. But um, he made it through the first night, did great, and uh, hopefully it just continues on that way. That's amazing. <laughs> Amazing. That's yeah. amazing. Very, mm-hmm. very exciting stuff. So like Luke's are just like really like breaking down barriers of I know, of life. I know. He's got like he's had a couple of big, just big changes in the past few weeks, and he's doing it, he's doing he's doing pretty good. Like you can tell that he's been very anxious leading up to it, and it does like bleed out into his like, you know, mood a little bit. Right. But you know, once once you get past it, then it's typically a good thing. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Okay. Okay. Well, fingers crossed for Lukester as he continues on these new frontiers. Oh yeah. He'll be great. He's gonna great. do it. Transition. Transition. Popcorn Culture is sponsored by Shopify. Y'all are likely aware of the fact that we have our very own Shopify store, Carlin Brothers Mercantile. And it's hard to imagine not having it now, but arriving at the decision to open our own web store was a big one. In fact, we started our journey on the interweb back in 2012 and didn't finally open up shop until 2018. And a huge part of that is just not knowing where to start, but that's where Shopify steps in. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, which is a fancy way of saying it's a really easy and effective way to start an online business, no matter if you're operating out of your garage or have like a whole building or three or something. Once we were set up, our biggest concern was trying a new product only to discover no one was interested in it. But Shopify is powered with so many reports, more than you can even imagine. And this is so handy because it allows us to use data to better provide what folks are actually interested in. It's so easy to use, but even if you do find yourself caught in a jam, Shopify Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash pop pop. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash pop pop now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash pop pop. Popcorn Culture is supported by Arena Club. Okay, so you guys know that I love trading card games and that me and Ben are big time collectors of Pokemon cards. You know, it's that childhood fantasy of finally being able to use adult money to buy those highly coveted rares of our youth. And like, even in our office, we have not one, but two full display cases with some of our all time favorite rarest cards that we've pulled. But something I did not know existed when I was a kid in my youth was the grading process for trading cards or sports cards or whatever you're collecting. You know, to me, it was just like a rare Charizard is a rare Charizard. Like it doesn't, doesn't matter. It's been hanging out in my pocket with my lucky paper clip. Turns out it does matter and kind of a lot because if you get your cards professionally graded, it can add huge value. And then not only that, but once they're graded, they will like seal them in that pristine condition inside of a plastic case or what's known in the industry as a slab. And that's where Arena Club steps in because it's like buying a booster pack, but it's for a pre-graded card. 
Now, I know that can take like maybe a second to wrap your head around because you're opening physical cards on a digital platform, which means you open the pack online and see your polls where they can be added to your showroom for the world to see. But you can also request them to be sent to you at any time. So they have got a ton of pre-graded cards and then you will get to randomly open one and then they'll keep it for you or they can send it to you or you can just like sell it or trade it online or whatever you want to do. But whether you're buying, selling, trading or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform you have got to check out. And right now you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash pop pop, which wow, that is a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's like $40 right there. Anyway, that's arenaclub.com slash pop pop for 10% off your first purchase. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Okay, Jay. So I have, I have like maybe, maybe this is even like we're coming out of a transition, but maybe it's, maybe it's almost like a backtracking as well. Oh, okay. Um, so one of the things that I, that I, that I had scribbled down that I thought was kind of interesting related to uh, my Vermont trip in general. Okay. Because it did remind me a lot of. Um, uh, an analogy that I made a video about in year one. And I, I always remember this video in particular because I learned the original analogy in my operations management class in college. And it always stuck with me as like incredibly fascinating. And then in year one, there was a day that you and I actually, you came and helped me make like a stop animation video to like explain the concept. And I believe we called the video like how to make literally everything better. Or yeah, how to improve anything, something like that. Or how yeah. to improve anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the, the basis for the analogy Analogy, uh, in, in case you haven't seen that year one Super Carlin Brothers video, um, is that basically like I think in the either late 80s or early 90s, uh, Ford Motor Company was looking at their car, the Taurus, and they were like, man, we're having like a lot of issues with this particular vehicle. Like, what can we do to make it better? And ultimately, like what they like, what like the engineers were able to like bring to the table was we need to make it with fewer parts. Like we're, we're we, we need to like join certain parts together so that they are more one piece rather than two pieces that are like affixed together. So right. to speak. And the basic principle behind this idea, at least within the world of like operations management um, or risk hedging in general, is that like you might take every individual piece of a component and it might, they might all have a 99% success rate of, of working yeah. at any time. Um, but the problem is, is that the more objects that you have glued together that all have a 99% success rate, you have to account for that 1% failure rate kind of 
joining together across all of those objects. Exactly. So it's like if you have a um, if you have a hundred objects put together, all of which have a ninety nine percent success rate, there's almost a one hundred percent success rate that one of them will fail. Right. You know, by by the very nature of just like how the how the odds work, and um, so anyway, I think like if you multiply like point nine nine times point nine nine times point nine nine, whatever that number ultimately ends up being is the overall units percentage success rate. Right. So like a lot of times, um, like, like NASA or like if you're ever watching videos about like traveling to space and stuff like that, they will have like accounted for these particular types of issues and figured out the margin for error error for each associated piece. And it's like percentage of percentage success rate, you know, like they might say like 97%. It's like, that's way too low. Like it needs to be like 99.99%. Right. In like order all for the time. To, yeah. At yeah. all times. And so like what you always have to do is figure out like, okay, well this O-ring is failing, you know, one in 100 uses or whatever. It's like, well, that's, that's way too frequently. Right. We need to figure out how to make that O-ring better or the, the seal, you know, fit together or something. Right. Cause if it fails when we launch, everything fails. Exactly. Exactly. So the, the reason that I brought this up and the reason I was thinking about it is because when, because when I went up to Vermont, I felt like I was dealing with this kind of compounding, um, possibility for failure type of issue Yeah, where I felt like a lot of things went, went wrong in ways that felt unexpected, like the picnic bench breaking or my crank on my, uh, on my on my boat trailer, right? You know, like like shearing off, or actually my my inflate. I have a, an inflatable dock that is like ten feet by ten feet, and if you can imagine like an like a an inner tube that you would float down the river in or in a pool, it's it's like that except it's a gigantic ten by ten square. Yeah, it's super cool. It is really cool, yeah. and it's like really fun, and like you know, it's it's so firm and stable it's like a, it's like an inflatable stand-up paddleboard basically but you can like go and like walk around on it and stuff like that multiple people can and it's it's just really neat it makes for like a nice home base out in the middle of the water um and that even had a hole in it and so it's just like oh my gosh <laughs> i have to patch that and this is what i started thinking about like on this trip is it was almost like i've brought so like over the years i have i have combed together so many different ways to have fun on these types of trips that I bring so much stuff with me that at some point in time, the inevitability of failure on something has just reached. It's like in a breaking point. It's like, it's like some, there are too many objects that I bring with me on this trip. There's too many variables. There's too much stuff. And a lot of the stuff is just very old, which also probably like starts to compound the, yeah, likelihood, like the likelihood that, that it'll break, that it'll break. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like I, I feel like this is like, what's, what's happening to me is that I'm like, I'm merging together too many things that might have a 70% success rate. And it's like, you're talking about like, you're really, really, really starting to like dwindle down yeah. the possibility of everything working as you expect yeah, it to great. the whole time. The, yeah. yeah, exactly. And it was like, Oh man, I wonder if this is almost like the, uh, like it's like I've always wanted all of the various like like toys and stuff like that. I've always really gravitated towards these things. Like I've told you before about the um, the travel trailer, the camper, yeah, that I used to like pull behind the truck and stuff like that. And like I've I've always wanted like a tractor or like you know like we talked about like the jet skis recently yep, yep. or you know like I I really like like machines and tools and stuff like that that are like capable of providing 
experiences or otherwise just utility. Yeah. Like I really like interacting with that type of stuff. It's just, it's, it's like as fun as something can be for me. And so sort of on like my, by my forward quest in life, it's always sort of been like, well, how, how will those objects slowly come to be part of like my, my repertoire, my inventory? Yeah. You know, if, if I'm like a, if I'm like a little, like a little, um, you know, uh, what is it? Like, video game character that's got right. like an inventory full of like objects. Right. It's like, yeah. How do I fill up my your in- private stash? Yeah, exactly. What's in yeah, here? Yeah, what do yeah, we got in here? Check it out. Um, you know, and, but, but I'm like, Oh my gosh, if I do end up accumulating all of these things, it's like what you will start to deal with is this inevitability of failure mm-hmm. and those failures. And this is like such a strange way to put it because I feel like it's sounding so much more like failure in life, which it's not like most of these failures, as I've already described, I was able to fix, yeah, you know, on the spot, like within seconds, which was really nice. Um, but it's like, I'm like, Oh my gosh, if I, if I were to ultimately find myself in that position where it's like, okay, I've got, you know, like, like, the boat that I use in the summer. And then I've got like the, the camper that I use in like the spring and fall for camping. And then I've got, you know, just like the tractor that I use to move snow in the winter. It's like at some point in time, things are, things will break. Right. Like, are you, you know? are you setting yourself up for like a life of frustration? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's the question. And, and I feel like you maybe already like realized this in a, uh, in a very different context, but I feel like you have definitely gravitated towards like that minimalism I mean, mindset of, yeah, I mean, I certainly like, um, like to declutter and stuff. Although I will say that it like over, I feel like I'm, I'm due for like a, an, another, a round of just like getting rid of stuff because this past weekend in particular, we, it felt like, um, like the, like just clutter, the amount of stuff in the house. It's like, it's like normally it doesn't really, it doesn't really bother you that much. Like I can, I can like put this away. I can put that over there. Like this, you know, this hamper sitting here, whatever this, you know, this desk has got some papers on it. That's okay. But like when we were putting the new bed into Luke's room, it was like, it was like a convergent, a convergence point where it was like all of the clutter has now converged into like problem after problem after problem where it's like we put the new bed in here. Like we put the frame together and then um, I had to go. I had to go. I didn't uh, I didn't realize this ahead of time, but we had to uh, get go buy a box spring for it. OK, yep. Yeah. So that uh, the way, it, you know, the way it was assembled, like you needed something for the mattress to sit on because otherwise it would just floop through okay you know so we had to go get a box spring and i got that and then like i went to the the mattress store and they're like well we've got one full-size box spring here and it's this one and i was like great fine i'll take it you know i'm not i don't don't need to be super picky about this or anything right now when i think of a box spring i think of just like a mattress shaped object yeah kind of like a kind of like a like a like a lightweight square yeah like a light yeah like a big lightweight square rectangle that you can take out of the moving truck and be like look how much space i just cleared out of the moving truck yeah all by myself it was a big thing it was a big thing move one of the big ones yeah no but this one unfortunately was more like it needed it was like assembly required what yes yes assembly required it was like i had to come home and like after I finished building the bed, which was its own levels of frustration, <laughs> but um, we got through that. Uh, I had to come home and I like have to assemble the box spring, which obviously is going to be the same size as the bed. Sure. Yep. You know, because yep. it's going to fit inside of it. And I'm going to like start assembling it. And it's like, I don't have room in the room to assemble the box spring anymore because like, the bed is now taking up a good amount of real estate uh-huh. and it's like, okay, but so I, 
if I if I shove the bed up against the wall, I'll I can probably free up enough room to make the box spring so that I can put it on the bed. Right. Like have my construction zone space. But I'm like, but in order to move the bed, I've got to we're gonna have to move that desk. And in order to move the desk, we're gonna have to clean everything off the top of the desk. And before we can even move the desk to a spot where we could do it, we're gonna have to move these shelves. And we're gonna put the shelves in the closet, but the closet's a mess. So it's like it's like I'm so close to being done with this project and now I have to like clean out the entire closet, you know, put those things away, throw that trash away, then move the shelves over here, then move the desk, then move the bed just so I have the joy of assembling the box spring. Oh my gosh. You know, and it's like something that should have been preassembled. Yeah, something that should have been preassembled. It's just like it's like every step of it's just like there's it's because there's clutter in the closet that there's clutter over here and there's clutter over there. And it's like, it's all intersecting to like drive me crazy and like assembling the bed itself. It was like, what was frustrating about it was that it, it should have been so, so easy. It's like eight screws. That's okay. basically it. It's not like, bad, not bad. It's like, it's yeah, I know. It's basically like all I had to do, I had rails, put two screws in the rail on this side of the bed, two screws in the rail on that side of the bed, repeat on other side, you're done. Okay. But the problem is the the space they've given you to do the screws. It's like they've carved this little oval that has like a hole in the side of it. So you put the screw in the oval, put it in the hole, and then it's like an Allen wrench situation where you got to like twist it till it goes through. But there's no room to like put the Allen wrench in the screw. Oh, no. So it's like like how like you, you can only like give it like half a crank or something. Yep. And it's like, you got to go through that. And it's like every single time you got to like push it in, do a crank, take it out, push it in, do a crank. And it's like, you got, I was like, I thought I was going to drive myself crazy doing this. Yeah. And I was like, because I think the, Addie's crib had the exact same yeah. situation. I, and I even remember being like, <sighs> like this can't be, this can't be this. And like, um, and all the parts I had, and this was the, like, I was, I was anticipating this kind of frustration all week because like, I knew when we bought the I've been almost fearing this day since we bought Luke's crib because I knew that at some point we'd have to transition the crib into the toddler bed and then the toddler bed into the full size bed. Okay. And I was like, in order to do that, I'm going to have to have successfully kept track of all of the parts for five years. Right. You know, like I can't lose any of the parts or pieces or railings or like misplace something over here or let something get broken. I have to remember what goes with the bed and make sure it's all there. That's basically a miracle. Yeah. To imagine. Right. It's like, yeah. it's like, yeah. it feels like it should all work if you can do that. And we did all that. The one thing that was missing was the Allen wrench that came with the hardware. Okay. Like with the screws. So I, and because it had been used previously to transition the oh, crib sure. to the yep. toddler bed. Right. And I was like, like whatever Allen wrench came with us isn't here. Fortunately, I had one of the right size, but it occurred to me about like halfway through the first screw. Sometimes we will save the hardware for stuff like this in like one of the top drawers of like the dresser. So I was like, let me see. Maybe, maybe there's some like leftover hardware there. And boy, sure enough, I found it. And it had like a rounded hexagonal thing. Yeah. So you can put it in at a diagonal and spin it. And let me just tell you, it's still was very difficult even oh, with that, no. but that made it go way faster. And otherwise I might still be doing it, man. Yeah. But it was, that was frustrating in its own right. But so yeah, that was, that was definitely like a, I got to get rid of stuff. And it's like, just to, 
all of, all of my frustration and fear about how this is going to go is now being exacerbated by the fact that there's so many other tiny little tasks and clutter in my way of doing things that should be easy. <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll just drive you crazy. And, and this is really like, because I've, I've been dealing with a lot of the same things. Like I've been tinkering with the boat a lot of yeah. the past several weeks. And we, we have found ourselves a lot in the same situation where like you're you're trying to take apart these various bits of, of mechanical mess. Yeah. And, you know, this is all engineering that was done in the 1970s. And so it's like it's a relatively simple overall like like piece of motorized equipment like there's not like a lot of like electrical doodads or anything you have right. to like figure out yeah there's no like computers or anything right but it's like it really is the case that they do not build these things with like the expectation that you will someday have to take them off right and so a lot of stuff yeah it's like it's like oh yeah you just have to like you know get your get your wrench in there and there's like sort of like wiggle like 12,000 times and it's like <sighs> <sighs> but it's so tight. And you're right. Yeah. You're getting like a 16th of a turn each, each time. It's like, ugh. there's gotta be a better way. This can't be it. This can't be it. No. And yet, and yet it is hilarious to me that I feel like we're falling into like all of the obvious, like parenthood tropes and traps. Yeah. It's like, these are things. It's like everyone from the dawn of time knows, knows like the story of the parents who are trying to assemble the thing like the night before Christmas and it's going, it's taking forever. It's taking forever. And it's just, I don't even want to do it. I know. You're like, what? (laughs) But this is, um, the idea that like having less parts makes something more is an improvement. This is going to be a fun transition. This is the this is the real reason why Chipotle is better than Moe's. Wow. Yeah. Look at that. What? Shots fired. Transition. <laughs> oh, man. Ben, let me tell you something. We used to work next to a Moe's Southwest Grill. We sure did. We You're, sure right did. Right here in Roanoke. Right here in Roanoke. We looked like literally the same parking lot. And so anytime there was a situation where we had to, we were like, maybe we're pressed for time. We don't have really time to go like out and have lunch. We'll just run down to Moe's or something. It did not matter because it took as long to go to Moe's as it would have to just drive to Chipotle and order there and then drive back. This is true. Yeah, I think we, we actually did time it and it was yeah. like, that is an embarrassment. It of, is an embarrassment. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. It drove it. Uh, like I, I, it made me so mad because when, um, when I was in college at Virginia tech, we did not have a burrito place for like the first two years. There was no, and this was like, you know, when the Chipotle's and the Cadobas and the Moe's of the world were really starting to infiltrate places. Sure. But on my, my junior year, we got a Moe's in downtown Blacksburg and it was like the best. I got it all the time. I was going to say, I remember, I remember loving it. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, my allegiance is my allegiance is paid. I know what my burrito place is and it's this one because it's the one we have and it's part of tech and you know, go Hokies. Woo. <laughs> awesome. So much enthusiasm. So much enthusiasm. I loved it. Anytime we would go, I was like, this is the best thing ever. Until until, until. we worked in so like Moe's they were they were high. They didn't have to do much to to keep my allegiance. Right. But they failed at every step of the way, Ben. Yeah. Failed at every step of the way. I'm sorry. They do have good queso. They ha- this is the thing. This is what people will always bring up. They'll say they have free chips and they have better queso than Chipotle. Uh, Chipotle. And you know what? You I'll give you I'll give you that Chipotle's queso leaves a lot to be desired. It is a weak spot in their menu. I don't know why they're not fixing it. It's like this is you're right about that. They have better queso. They they have free chips, quote unquote. And let me tell you something. They're not free. You're just paying for them with everything else. Okay. <laughs> just like everything else is just more expensive because they give you free chips, right? That's they're not giving out there's no free chips. Okay. Anyway, but the reason, the real reason I, that like really started to come together for me, why Chipotle is actually better than Moe's is because there's like, like if you go to Moe's, there's like 
50 things you could put on the burrito. Right. Right. Which means there's 50 opportunities for the staff to have not restocked any individual ingredient. This is, you're exactly right about that. They they are setting themselves up for failure because there's more things that can be run out. of. Yes. They're like, there's more things that they can run out of all the time because they can't keep up with it. They like, are like you know there's there's never enough there's always someone out there chopping the chicken that you're waiting on there you got to wait for someone to come restock the onions or whatever it is if you look at the menu i think i counted it once because we had that long to wait in line there's like the menu of mo's has like 500 words on it it's a lot it's a lot whereas if you go to chipotle there's like 50 words on it. Right. And, and it's then, like, that sounds like, like, like what, what difference does it make? And it's like a lot. It's so clean at Chipotle. It's like these four things, then one of these four things, then these six options to add to it, then you pay. Right. And this is, this is the thing. So I looked this up while you were talking, cause I always think this is kind of interesting and yeah. I couldn't remember what the number was, but Subway has, um, um, like some wild claim. And I feel like, uh, now, now that I even I'm reading the, uh, reading all the different like auto generated answers, I don't even know how many the actual correct answer is. I'm just going to go with the first one listed because yeah. it's still astonishingly high. But the idea is that like when you go to Subway, they might advertise that they have 38 million different combinations as to how you can make a sandwich. Right. And the the basis behind this is that like conceivably you might go in and get like you know turkey, ham, cheese, lettuce, tomato, mayonnaise, salt and pepper, or whatever, and that's like one combination. And like then you know it's like well you could do that and like do tuna instead of like turkey and ham or yeah. whatever. And like do everything else the same. It's like, okay, that's two different combinations. And when you get to the 38 million, it's because technically one of those is you could do like red onions and sour cream on whole wheat. And it's like, I don't know how many yeah, people. No ever, one would ever do that. No one would ever order that sandwich. Yeah. But it's like, but we have so many available options. Like, there's so many different ways you can do it. And it's like, yeah, but nobody needs. You know, it's like what you probably need is a grand total of thirty different ways that you could possibly customize the sub. You know, when it all comes down to it, like those are probably the thirty most common that anybody's ever actually going to order. Right. Um. So it's like having the most number of available combinations is is sort of like a fake feature of anything. It's like this is not actually an improvement. It doesn't it doesn't it's not a good enough mark for a better establishment. Yeah. Because because it just it's like like I don't I don't even know. It'd be like a car dealership advertising how many paper towels it has in its bathroom or something like that. It's like that has like, no impact on everything I'm going to do with my car after exactly. it leaves the parking lot. Right, like, yeah. You know, it's like okay, you know. Um, yeah, come on down to to Ford and Chevy, not Ford and Chevy, yeah. Forever. Yeah. Yeah. No one's dealing, no Cry- one's selling those together. Chrysler Jeep Dodge. Yeah. Chrysler Jeep Dodge this weekend. We've got full paper towels in the bathroom. <laughs> like, okay, that <laughs> does not matter. Right. Yeah. That that doesn't help. But that, that's the point I'm trying to make is that it's like 38 million combinations. It's like like the number of combinations that a restaurant has available is not an indicator as to the quality of the restaurant itself. It's just mostly like an interesting fun fact that you might be able to devise by finding yeah. the unique number of circumstances based on the number of ingredients. Exactly. Um, but yeah. So that's. Been said like you know going exactly using this exact same logic though it's like i think that's like what chipotle has done is they've been able to like file down to where it's like you don't like we have we have like like 13 good ingredients yes and they are all all 13 minus the queso are good they will be quality ingredients right whereas if you go to mo's it's like we got like 50 ingredients it's like you like 
not only that, like I think the one at Tech in particular, it was brand new and it was a college town and it was full of people who were hungry. Right. And so, and they had, which is also full of people who need jobs. So if you went in there and you looked behind the line, there was like 12 people back there, right. all of which were doing the prep. So it was always like a well-oiled machine. Like I've never been to another Moe's like that where other every other Moe's I've been to has had like mm, two or three people working there and there is always an empty ingredient thing. They are just kind of taking their time back there. Like whatever, it doesn't matter matter it's so annoying even and then their menu items don't make sense the the joey bag of donuts joey bag of donuts like what does that mean just call it a burrito it's like they will list joey bag of donuts and then i don't know what the crazy name they have for the other one is but it's like i sit sat there for like like 10 minutes trying to figure out the difference between that and something else and it was like the difference is that one comes with guac and one doesn't right and it's just like but then if you don't order the one with guac, they'll ask you, would you like guac? Yeah. And it's like, I said Joey Bag of Donuts, didn't right. I? That means that means it comes with guac, so why are you asking? Right, yeah. yeah. Or it's just like, just say burrito, guac costs extra. That's it. Like That's what you mean. Right. You just eliminated a whole 30 words from your menu with that. You know what's interesting, though, is because there there is actually a person uh, that I know here in Roanoke that like is, is involved in like just a lot of different stuff. Mm-hmm. And I always wonder if it's like, this is like the, the idea of like spreading yourself too thin Mm -hmm. a little bit where you can never like it's kind of like if you're trying to do like a hundred different things a little bit well is that like how does that compute overall compared to doing like three things really well right you know it's like like sometimes this is i think the, the same thing it's like we could have 37 podcasts but would we be able to like properly put energy and attention into all 37 or would it just be 37 different ways you can hear our voice right yeah you know no yeah 37 sounds like a lot <laughs> it does seem like a lot mm-hmm. speaking of let me be the first to announce 37 new podcasts <laughs> well, here we go <laughs> by super carlin brothers the first of which is going to be titled 37 podcast an in-depth drama about two brothers who try to manage 37 different podcasts wow based on a true story yeah every episode would just be us talking about how hard it was to manage the other 37 36 yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah yeah <laughs> this is it's what like, it's like we are simultaneously it actually would be a kind of hilarious concept it's like we try to make 37 different podcasts for one year and then one of those 30 36 really because the 37th is the one where we talk about how difficult it is to try to manage all, all. i cannot even imagine i mean if you had 37 weekly podcasts and each, I mean, and each of them was, I mean, maybe, I mean, our, this show is typically about an hour and change right. long. If each of them was an hour, just recording them would take 37 hours worth of talking per week. That's true. You know, probably if you had 37 podcasts, you'd have a few that were just like, this is a 10 minute story or something. I would be fine. Know? Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah. I think one of them can definitely just be titled 10 minute stories, 10 minute stories. Here we go hear about it now. Right. But man, that would be, that would be an insane amount of work. It would be. Yeah. So, but you're telling me that you're in. Uh, let's you, do it. Everything yeah. that we've just learned, we're going to take the most technique, the most technique and apply it to podcasting. Do everything wrong, have worse burritos, better queso and kind of free chips. All 36, all 36 of these will have their own individual Patreons, all of which you have to pay a premium for guac. <laughs> 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 oh man absolutely all right it sounds like it can't miss it can't miss oh final thoughts about Moe's if you order the burrito bowl it doesn't fit in the trash can and it yeah, bothers me every time I know I, every I know. Moe's I go to I get the bowl and you go to throw it away and you can't you can't it like you can't it doesn't fit in the hole like this is just bad restaurant design I don't 
Makes me so mad. Anyway, hmm. they do have the salsa bar, I guess. There is that. Yeah. There is that. Some redeeming qualities. There's something, you know, they got a few good ideas, but like they're just, they're, you know, I know I'm going to hear all of you telling me how bad Chipotle is and I don't care. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to stop going and I'm not going to Moe's. It's not good. End of story. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Strong opinions about weak things. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. This is what people show up for. This is why people come to the show, man. <laughs> or maybe leave. Yeah. They're like, all right, you know what? You guys have been great. I appreciate all the mm. the thoughtful insight, all the updates on the fam, all the all the whimsical tales, the knock-knock jokes. But you know what? Sometimes you guys just take it one too far, and that line is Moe's. That line was Moe's Southwest Grill. <laughs> Which I'm a thousand percent sure we have complained about. Um, At least more than once. Certainly, you know what? It, it 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 warrants coming up every now and then. I wonder if this ends up being like an accidental sponsorship for Moe's and people are like, I got to go see if it's what they're talking about. I feel like it's got to be, this is this feels like it should be in the title or something like why Moe's sucks or wow. like why, yeah, that, you know what? That's not, that doesn't sound like SCB language. I was going to say right that there. seems, that seems a little that harsh. Like a little harsh. Ethan, um, beep out that word. Nice. Goodness. Nice, yeah. Nice. Now you won't even know what I said. Cheeseburger. Cheeseburger. <laughs> So now when you hear it back, you're going to hear why most cheeseburger. And then <laughs> 10 seconds later, that joke will make sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I love that. Oh my gosh. This was really funny. We were playing one of the, one of the card games while we were in Vermont, which uh, was sort of like a uh, cards against humanity. Uh, I think it was called first or last. And there were, it was actually a pretty fun like party game yeah. where, where you'd like pull up a card and it's like first person to pull up a selfie of them on Instagram gets to hand out like one drink. Oh, you fun. know, or something like that. Or like, you know, um, I'm trying to think of what another, another good clever one is like, you know, for first person to do a headstand gets to hand out a drink last person to name a character from like a Marvel movie has right. to take a drink that that type of that type of thing but so we one of the things that came up was um the telephone game and uh mike's uh, brother-in-law mike was with me and his son noah who is 13 uh had read the card so he started it and he said cheeseburger and for whatever reason then he told mike and then mike went to tell me and all i heard and this was i mean i was just sitting there on the counter i just wasn't paying proper attention Mm -hmm. but all i heard and i think this is what i heard and mike mike will like text me later and be like no no no, that's not what you said what i'm remembering i said or thought mike said was butt cushion (laughs) (laughs) And so that like, sounds like exactly what like a teenage boy would say for telephone. Exactly, too. Yeah, yeah. You're I like, was oh, like, great one. Good one. Noah. I was like, I was yeah. like, butt cushion. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, there's no way that's what he said. And I looked at Mike. I'm like, can you say it again? And everybody's like, no, 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 no. no. Whatever you heard, you have to pass it along. And I was like, okay, right. here we go. <laughs> butt cushion. <laughs> that's fantastic. So did you, what, uh, how does that work? Who drinks then? That's a good question. Is it just like play a game of telephone? Play a game of telephone. Oh no! The, okay, the 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 this was the other prompt was play a game of telephone. First person to laugh has to take a sip of their drink. Oh, okay. And so when I heard butt cushion, I was like, that adds up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It all it all made it all clicked into place in your brain. Like I was like, what a why would it one. be that? It's like oh, because of the laughter thing. Yes, yeah. of course. Okay, I got you. And like you know, gave I gave Noah the eyes. I was like, good one, man. Yeah. And you know, it goes around and like and then, and then Noah laughed really hard because he was like butt cushion. Yeah. So yeah, everyone else heard butt cushion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So everybody else got butt cushion. Yeah. Yeah. That one. That one carried through. But whatever Mike said to you, you get. So, Telephone's such an interesting game because it's like I you can so easily sabotage it. 
you know. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, at any point in time, you could just change cheese you could just change and put cushion yeah. on for whoever on whoever went first. Like they're not. You can just mess it up for them. They have no power. They whatsoever. have no power. Yeah. So yeah, even even that could have been the case where Mike was like, well, whenever Noah said wasn't going to be funny <laughs> enough to get somebody to laugh, so yeah. I'm immediately changing. Yeah, it. Mike's like cheeseburger. I don't think so. Butt cushion. <laughs> <laughs> like say that. What? Oh, what's that? I get. I remember giving him this like look of like indignation where I was just like, what? Yeah. Why? Mm-hmm. Butt cushion. Butt cushion. Yeah. Man. I don't think we can have... I think last week's episode had the word butt in the title. It did. Butts versus uh, boats or something. Butts versus boats. You'll notice I'm sitting again. Oh, That's yeah. That's fantastic. I know, man. Are you healed? I am not healed, no, but oh. I can at least sit. Uh, it has been... Yeah, the the old, the old pull glute here. I know this is what this is the real content you guys come up here is for me to talk about my butt. No, no, no. They all yeah. left after the most. Things. Yeah, so you're, you're right. Good. So we're, we're good. We're just... We're, this is all for the diehard fans. We're, we're alone now. Oh, yeah. man. It has been it, such a freaking journey. It's like it is getting to the point where like when I wake up in the morning, it's like really tight. And then if I like walk around, it like loosens up and I can start to like have a more regular day that's not like in constant pain. But then what happens is when I go to sleep at night, I'm not moving anymore. So everything just like tightens up again. And then around like four in the morning or something, the pain will like uh, return and I'll just sort of toss and turn until I wake up. And then when I get up, it hurts again. So I'm sort of in the cycle of just hoping that it takes longer and longer into the night for it to get tight. And then eventually it'll just be healed and I won't have to suffer anymore. But it has been uh, like, I'd say it's getting better every day for sure. But like if I was at like a, you know, out of a hundred or something, you know, I'd go from like, well, it hurts about 90 today to like 87 the next day. And it's like, yeah, so that's still a lot. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's like at some point in time, we're going to need bigger, bigger we're, swaths yeah, we need, of improvement. I know we got to, we got to get better faster here. Okay. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm real tired of it. So have you not been able to work out? Uh, I mean, I've been able to do like upper body stuff. I went to the gym this morning. So, oh, man, so you're just that's getting jacked. That's right. Yeah. You know, I know, I know we had a conversation about the, the 17 inch bicep once upon a time. Oh, yeah. I know. How yeah. close are you? I, the, we measured this morning. I was at 16 and one quarter. Whoa. So we're getting there. That actually is massive improvement. Yeah. So that's, uh, I, was, I was, I was pretty proud of that. It was, although it was a very exhausting arm day for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it yeah. almost needs to be to be yep. hitting those kind of numbers. I know. Right. So, so. what are you going to do if you hit the 17 inch? biceps well i'm certainly gonna brag about it that's <laughs> what i'm gonna do <laughs> I, it's like hey jonathan carl and i have seven yeah. biceps yeah so gonna, you may I'm have get, noticed i'm getting new business cards i mean come on <laughs> person cards person like, cards yeah. you're right yeah <laughs> yeah they're just they're like youtuber podcaster 17 inch biceps <laughs> i love it i love it yeah no i think yeah. that, that's absolutely what you want to be known yeah for. of course yeah, yeah. For sure. mm-hmm. yeah have to have to do another round of the person cards for the for the new listeners there you go yeah. i know it's been a while it's mm-hmm. been a while. So, um, okay. All right. We got one more transition left in us. Sure. Transition. Okay, Jay. So the other thing I think people are really excited about is Jay's farm. My farm. Jay's farm. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. The the new hit series coming to Amazon Prime. Well, probably if you run really keep up with it in like a video fashion, you can just check out the vlog, which is, you know, back as of this week. Nice. Yeah. Very Whoa. exciting stuff. Well, so let me ask you about that then. Has that felt good? It has. It has felt good. Yeah. It's been like I I was able to like uh, I did it for the first week. It started with like Luke going back to school and I was um delighted to find that when I came to the end of the week, like I, it felt like I filmed enough stuff that felt like interesting and like captured what happened that week. And like that didn't necessarily involve like 
tons of extra setup and cooperation and like planning and stuff sure for sure, the sure, camera sure. side of things and i think the second week has kind of gone the same way i uh i left my camera at the at the office over the weekend which was a bummer so i had to shoot everything on my phone this week but i felt like i was filming enough stuff throughout the week that it was like this will this will still be interesting i hope i, I hope yeah. no, no no so that I mean, that, I mean that's amazing too because this is this is what we keep saying that too it's like about journaling it's like every single day that you're like going to like write in your journal or something like that it's like everything feels mundane because you're like I, this all just happened to me it's like right. this is not noteworthy but then it's like when you look back on it in the future it's like oh it was noteworthy yeah. that was interesting whoa kind of insightful me mm-hmm. well well done, um, self. Yeah, yeah, very impressive. Um, you know, or like, oh my god, I forgot when me and Luke were saying knock knock jokes to each other as we were falling asleep at night. <laughs> you know, um, but you know that was that was an era, and now I get to relive it. Um, but that's good. Okay, so that went well. Yeah. And the other question was that you you have in the notes here uh, for the show cucumber mania. Oh yeah, cucumber mania. So um, one yeah when I uh, when we started the garden. I, I really thought this is this is like uh, the first thing I planted was like two rows of like onions and those like immediately started to like grow up and stuff. And I thought going out, I was like, you know what? If nothing else works, I know I'm going to have onions. And now I'm like the onions. are That's an abandoned plant. They're gone. They're, they didn't work. They didn't really work. No, like they, they I don't know for what reason or if they didn't get like planted deep enough or if just in the people being out there, they've like knocked themselves out. But like there there's like no one. I did not get to harvest an onion and I don't think I will. OK, the carrots. I have no idea either that's a who's to say they could be down there maybe not i don't know how you're supposed to tell when they're ready (laughs) oh my gosh i know yeah this was an interesting thing so um one of our our, so big steve his partner is uh named hillary and she does like sort of um she has a flower farm yeah but she also grows like a lot of like crops and stuff like that on their their house like it's a really cool property that they've just like packed full of like gardens in just every single direction she was telling me and i need to verify that this is in fact true but i usually trust her um that like carrots are kind of an interesting crop because you can just like leave them in the ground until you need them. So like that includes, I believe like into winter. So if you were like, like, Hey, I I need a carrot for this dish. It's like, go grab one from outside. You know, good way to keep it preserved. Yeah. So I can see that there are like carrot, like, um, you know, leaves coming out of the ground. I don't know what they look like beneath the ground. That's exactly where I'm at too. So I I also (laughs) planted just way too many carrots because we had like a whole packet of seeds and Allie was just sort of like swing. Yeah. In in, in case you couldn't see me visually just now, that was basically just like taking all of them and just sort of like yeeting them into the earth. Um, So we have, we have tons of what looks like, uh, carrot crop. Right. But I have, yeah, I mean, for all I know, there's just like little, little, like, yeah, little tiny little roots underneath there. Well, it's hard to even tell because the other things I planted were cucumbers and tomatoes, and those are all thriving. Okay. And they have easily just taken over everything. Like I say, there's carrots coming out of the ground. They're coming out of the, you know, the foliage that is the everything else growing. Wow. Yeah. I didn't do the thing with the, with the tomatoes or the cucumbers where you put like the ring kind of like wire frame around it them to like yeah, yeah to like uh for it to climb up and grow on um that had sort of been my plan i never really knew like are you supposed to do that or not and my friend uh nora who is who i ask all of my gardening questions to like came over and looked she's like no they all look healthy like you could do it if you want but they're fine and i was like all right i'll why? take it i'll take it i'm not doing extra work why but why, why uh, uh what we have now is just like cucumber tomato jungle out there Ooh. it is i mean it is like a scavenger hunt when you go out there for especially the cucumbers because like they blend in they just turn green and it's already green right you know 
It is, but it is amazing to me how fast they grow. Yeah, like, right. You yes, know, because I, I, I went out yesterday, and we probably pulled out like maybe three or four yesterday. But I would bet today there's at least three or four more that are ready to be picked that were not ready to be picked yesterday. Right. And like sometimes, like if they they'll get in like under a big leaf or like under like a clump of other um you know stems and roots over here or something and i you just completely miss it and if it goes for like an extra three or four days or something i mean look out because it is massive right and like to the point where it's like i'm not even sure this is even going to taste good anymore i think i've let it get too big that's the exact problem that we're having yeah the exact same thing with okra oh where yeah we have okra growing on the end of our our branches and it's like one of these things where if you let okra go for too long it gets pretty fibrous yeah and then like kind of like less edible and so Allie and i've been going out there and we've been like you know cutting all the the like way too big ones off and just sort of like tossing them like in our compost heap right next door just to sort of be like well you know we kind of missed the boat on these but like at least we yeah. can let them decay and hopefully let that nutrients uh you know grow new ones in the mm-hmm. future and um but like you know i'll go out there and clip off them off and then i'll go out the next day and there's like brand new ones that are like a foot long and i'm like man how i, I want to set up a time lapse because i'm like i, I must right? be able to time lapse you must be able to over the course of yeah. one day it's crazy how much i mean <laughs> we've probably at this point raked in like over like 70 cucumbers wow i mean it is it is nonstop. the tomatoes are taking a little bit longer but um and i've got like several varieties of tomatoes because my friend nora just gave me she like had a bunch of kinds that she was built um growing and she took some like uh saplings or whatever seedlings gave them to me then we planted them out there i don't know what any of them what the difference between any of them are but some of them are like little cherry tomatoes and those are starting to all turn red so you can almost go out every day and pick out another five or six of those and then like the big ones are really starting to turn red now and i'm like at some point my tomato crop is going to be massive <laughs> dude it is like the most rewarding feeling ever it like, is we i went out and i picked all my cherry tomatoes uh, a couple days ago when i got home from our trip and i had them all just like sitting in a bowl right when you walked <laughs> in the door and alice's mom came by to see addy because she hadn't seen her for a week while we were gone and um she walked in and just like sort of grabbed one and like you know munched on it like while she was chatting with us sort of absentmindedly and she was like this is the best tomato i've ever had and i was like yes, yes! like there's like no better feeling which also reminds me and i'd be curious if the little kernels have any feedback on this but uh for christmas last year alice bought me a hydroponic and maybe i've even asked about this before a hydroponic tabletop um like little vegetable garden kit and the idea is that like all the roots just grow in the water and there's like a little lamp on top and you can like raise it as the plant grows and everything and so we grew a whole bunch of cherry tomato plants in like just our kitchen like on our countertop yeah and it was so fun because they had all the nutrients they need at all times like all the stems are like super robust and like like sturdy and like same thing like you're saying like you didn't need all the trellising or anything because the plant itself could just stand on its own and like mm-hmm. it wasn't drooping even with the weight of the the fruits but they tasted awful right Ugh. and i was like man how much of what makes these uh fruits taste good is like the actual nutrients from like real soil right or is this like a known problem with like hydroponic grown tomatoes right and I have no you idea. Don't know. Okay, I don't yeah. know the answer to that. And so I'm, I'm just very curious to see whether or not, because that, that was like the big thing is that, and we actually even took our hydroponic tomatoes and I planted them in dirt. And then once we got new crops off of those exact same plants, they tasted better. Oh, okay. and so I don't know. I don't know what the explanation is. I don't know. 
So anyway, yeah. I'm just I was like I was like that is incredibly interesting. There's got to be something to it for there, sure, right? Yeah, I mean the what what the roots are sitting in must affect the flavor of the overall product. It, it like, seems it seems like it goes without saying. Yeah, then yeah. yeah, it's like when when I say it out loud, I'm like that has to be true. Right. right. Yeah, like that's very interesting though. Again, I think no. friend Hillary described the difference between like soil is like a living ecosystem versus like dirt. Like there's like dirt, which is just like dead sediment material. Mm-hmm. And then there's soil, which is like, like a vast ecosystem of nutrients and, and whatever. Right. Okay. So well. yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to learn the difference between these two things. I guess Report so. back for, from the update from Jay's farm. From Jay's farm. That's right. We're hopefully we're going to have a ton of tomatoes very soon. Although we've been getting some and we have been eating them and they are all good. That's awesome. So That's yeah. Amazing. Yep. Okay. Good news. Yeah. All right, guys, as ever, thank you so much for your, uh, tuning into this stage of the episode. We made it through uh, quite a few doozies in there. If you ask no me. doubt, I mean, no we, doubt. We got, Boy. we got some real hot takes and we talked about a whole bunch of stuff breaking, um, a little bit of like sniffles action going on. No so doubt. I mean, you have done a great job, uh, by making it to the end of this episode and we're, we're also, we're just, we're just so proud of you for doing that well done um also exciting news is a couple of different things we are doing a another episode of live uh popcorn culture at yes, go fest are. it is the weekend of october 14th saturday october 14th yes um it is completely free uh it is going to be in roanoke virginia there is an event called go fest that's going on we will be like on uh like one of the stages there if you would like to come out and see that we'll have more information linked in the show notes down below in addition that same weekend on Friday, October 13th, the night before, we're going to be hosting a live episode of um, the Super Carlin Brothers Trivia here at the Grandin Theater in Roanoke, Virginia, which is a really cool historic theater. We'll have tickets to that event also listed in the show notes. Uh, And last but not least, if you'd just like to support the show in one way or another, you can do so on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash popcornculture. We have a variety of cool tiers over there, uh, including the show after the show, not the show after the show. That's the wrong show. Wrong show, man. After the final final pop. pop. Yeah, there we go. We got it. I nailed it. Um, Definitely no mistakes there whatsoever. Cheeseburger. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it's like an extra 10 to 15, 20 minutes of Jay and I talking after each week's episode. That's so right. That out. Again, patreon.com slash popcorn culture, or join us at any of the live events that are happening October and thir- 13th and 14th weekend. Uh, but otherwise, until next time, pop, pop. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.